Today I'll be talking to my guest Trina Murphy about hearing the voices of her abusive ex-partner who is also her therapist and her ex-best friend. She shares her healing journey of how she managed to quieten the voices using a spiritual practice and despite living with the voices, have a fulfilling life and help others do the same. Welcome to the Secrets in the Powder Room, where we share stories and open up conversations about all the secrets women are forced to keep out of fear and shame. I'm Louise Bryant, professional certified coach, intuitive eating counsellor, and trauma-informed domestic abuse specialist and survivor. I'm here to help you on your healing journey and help you feel like you're not alone. This is not to be a replacement of your own professional medical or legal advice. This podcast contains adult language and content. Listener discretion is advised. coming on the podcast Trina it's so lovely to have you here and I'm really really excited for us to have our chats and give us all lots of insights of what's your, what your secrets are and what you're going to be offering what how you come through it how it's all helped you and I'm just super excited you can tell because I can't stop talking already oh thank you for having me Louise you're very very welcome Trina is an astrologer and holistic massage therapist who works with crystals, sound healing, aromatherapy and astrology to help people feel good, find their purpose and live from the heart. She's also a very dear friend of mine and one of my spiritual running buddies. Oh, thanks Louise for that gorgeous intro. You're very, very welcome. So Trina, what is your secret that you have been forced to keep out of fear and or shame? So my secret is I hear voices. The voice of my ex-therapist and my ex-best friend. I have to say it's quite anxiety-inducing to talk about it because it's not something that's sort of out there in public arena. It's normally something I speak to one-to-one about. Yeah. So this is um, an interesting opportunity to get to speak about it out loud. <laughs> okay. And thank you, thank you, thank you so much for coming and talking about this sensitive subject because I know that it's, like you say, very, very hard for you to come here and talk about something that you don't generally talk about but I'm just hoping that we can come here and we can talk about these and open up these conversations that makes other people feel like they're not alone because you know someone else could be or is definitely going through what's happening to you and it's really important for us to open up these conversations. Absolutely I've learned that one in ten people actually um, experience this in their lifetimes and the voices can become threatening or abusive but for me I think it was a a trauma response as a result of what happened due to sort of grooming and abuse with my therapist and there was some sort of stalking and some gaslighting and then sort of a violent abandoning act and um, I kind of fell apart in a crisis and that's when I started hearing his voice and he would sort of whisper to me and suggest things and sometimes be loving and compassionate and sometimes be very aggressive and threatening so it was very hard to sort of navigate the situation and being a very spiritual person, I sort of wondered if there was some spiritual guidance in there or if I was experiencing some kind of channeling or mediumship <laughs> or if I was hearing angelic forces or, you know, I had lots of conflicts around what, what was happening and why. So if we just go back to sort of the beginning and how the relationship started, because you said it was your therapist? Yes, that's right. Okay, so what happened there? How, how did that kind of start and evolve and what was that like? I sought therapy when I was 22 for an anxiety condition. I was having panic attacks on a regular basis. I'd get violently ill, so I'd get violently sick. And it was really affecting my life. I wasn't sort of able to do all the things I found my peers and friends were doing. And I was really feeling stuck. And my friendship with my best friend had fallen apart. We had had a very catastrophic 
sort of breakup. We were quite kind of codependent and very close throughout growing up. So it was a real sort of shift in my identity and the time, a time in my life when I sort of felt really lost and at sea. So I sought therapy. I went to a private hospital that was well-renowned and reputable and Googled because I thought that was a sensible thing to do. And I found a psychiatrist who specialised in panic disorders and anxiety, and he referred me to my therapist. So I started seeing him when I was 22. He was twice my age. I fell in love with him quite quickly, always vocalised that to him. He knew how I felt about him. And it always felt safe, like never that either of us thought anything was going to happen because he was married and had children and we would never cross that line. So it always felt like a very safe space and I very much opened my life to him. He was of my world. I kind of began to become isolated from all of my people, my inner circle, like my family, my close friends, the people I grew up with. Like I was very much, it was just sort of him and me against the world which isn't really unhealthy. Was that you isolating yourself or was this something that he was advising you to do or? It was more, I found myself isolating or isolated from those around me. And I think it had a lot to do with his approach. Like he would tend to side with me. So sort of therapy wasn't really therapy. It was more like friendship, you know, where you, you know, when you tell something, someone and they're just like, yeah, what a dick. <laughs> when actually what you need to look at is your behaviours or how you're feeling or, like actually get into the nitty-gritty you know but what you want to hear is yeah what a dick so he was sort of like my friend and camaraderie or <laughs> like a wingman or something and it was a very different dynamic to what a therapist client relationship should be hindsight is 2020 and I, I didn't realize at the time the dynamic wasn't healthy I thought he was a great therapist and that I was doing good things for myself by checking in weekly and trying to improve my life you know and did that client therapist relationship turn into a romantic relationship it became intimate, but only physical and sexual when he separated from his wife in 2013. So it was after, after about six years of therapy. Okay. And was he abusive to you in that relationship? Not that I knew of at the time. But having done that course with you, Louise, and all the things I learned about the vitamin behaviours and the sort of traits of an abusive narcissist and things like this, I realised that everything he did and said was, in fact, very abusive. And it was my naivety I think and lack of life experience meant that I wasn't able to piece that together like I thought it was a sort of a I thought he loved me or that I was really special to him like he makes you feel like you're the whole world you know that you're really important yeah and it's interesting you should say that because I come across that a lot where people don't realize that they're in an abusive relationship until afterwards when they start looking at all the signs of abuse the coercive control and the isolation from your families and other things that we talk about in these courses and it can be hard to recognize the signs if you're not knowing of the signs of what abuse actually is and what actually looks like and sounds like yeah he would say negative things about my family or the people that I loved you know and he would suggest that they weren't on my side or that they didn't have good intentions for me where he did but he presented himself as the safe one so that's why I became what I say to like found myself sort of quite disrespectful towards the people I loved and I now feel quite sad that I wasn't as present for them and for our relationships as I wanted to be and want to be now and I very much dedicate myself to my time with my nieces and my family now it's really important to me to stay close to the people in my inner circle you know they're really important to me Mm, yeah and back then what did you have to do to survive this abuse from this therapist So I use some destructive coping strategies and some healthy ones. Um, Like I definitely was smoking some weed quite a lot to deal with anxiety and depression. Um, So that was veering more towards the destructive 
edge and there were also times that I drank more often than I would like to and found that I used it to sort of comfort myself or indulge in my emotions and deal with what I was going through or process what I was going through and I isolated myself a lot so I spent a lot of time alone um, and then there were much more healthy strategies so um, as a result of all that I went through so much very grateful for the struggle and the suffering because I discovered spirituality I suppose and meditation and spiritual practices around sort of music dynamic meditation like shaking EFT all of the coping strategies related to sort of trauma relief somatic experiencing even EMDR crystals etc have given me this framework and foundation for manifesting of manifesting sorry navigating my way through life and it's given me sort of a daily guide and program by which to live where I had felt so lost without him and now I've got this structure and purpose and faith that I that wasn't as strong I wouldn't have found without what I experienced. And at what point did you start hearing the voices from this relationship? So he came back into my life in 2018 and from about January to July we had a sort of relationship again he was a bit odd with me I still let him into my life we then had sex again twice maybe three times and then it catastrophically fell apart again where I sent him an email saying how I felt about things that I still felt he was distant and stuff and I wasn't very good about my communication like I blamed myself a lot in terms of was I too angry did I you know email him at the wrong times like emailing him late and things like that like I always felt like I was a burden and that I was desperate he called me desperate things like this so realized that it wasn't my fault and that the reason it broke down again the relationship wasn't my fault and I shouldn't have let him back in really and then all the words that he said to me he said some very odd things to me spoke speaking about another woman he said something like she eats like a pig and dresses like a prostitute what would I want with that and I felt like he meant me or that you know, he it felt like he was talking about me or like being so sort of disgusted and like just words that he said or like talking about being on the breadline or like just things that were sort of quite negative like this it's just quite um odd and strange and misleading comments you know that made me a bit paranoid I suppose and uh, it uh, set my mental health into a slightly negative space and I sort of analyzed all the things he'd said to me and I felt that he'd come back into my life to sort of disrupt it because I'd been making some progress so that was when I started hearing his voice. Okay and was it that point when you heard your start hearing your friend's voice as well? Yeah they always came together so she would pretend to either be on my side or um, be protected away from him and he would come in pretending to be loving or else really abusive and depending on how I responded would depend on how they proceeded but it never felt like it was my mental health that part the hearing of the voices never felt like it was me you know like with depression and anxiety it's something you feel that you can help with positive mindset and nutrition and these things whereas these two voices feel like entities outside of myself so like no matter what you do to me you know you could make me a goddess who's completely pure and absolutely brilliant at all things and always really peaceful and calm but those two voices might still be doing aggressive, abusive things, which any person is going to be in some way affected by. So it feels very, makes me feel very powerless. Mm -hmm. And how does these voices and what's happening to you affect your mental health and your self-esteem? It's been very damaging. And I try to see the silver linings, which are that it's improved my self-talk. So like I realised that nobody deserves to be spoken to in such a negative way. So now I'm much kinder myself but it's been damaging in the sense that it can cause a lot of shame I can feel very degraded it can make me feel quite weak and I feel like I am the words that they call me so they like to say crazy or stupid or addict or whore or any of 
things that sort of, are sort of quite negative. Loser, they say, these sort of negative concepts that I try to distance myself from. Wow. And what resources do you use to try and maybe quieten the voices? Well, initially, I asked for help. It got too desperate. My first point of call was to ask for help. So I phoned the NHS. Initially, it was emergency help. So it was 999 and I had an ambulance. They had to help with a panic attack and a crisis breakdown. But they referred me to the crisis team who were incredible. So this is in London and they provided an incredible service with home visit to help deliver medication to check in with my mood and how I was and if I needed any support. And I found it extremely helpful. I think it saved my life at the time. It was within 24 hours I had this support. And then from there, it's all been very open with my GP. I've had a psychiatrist referral who I see every six weeks and I see a therapist on a regular basis and have done since November. So I have had a lot of support. It did take quite a long time to get the therapy in place and stuff. Obviously, November 2022, and it started in November 2018. So it's quite a lot of time on my own. Yeah, wow. And then in lockdown as well, you had yourself with these voices. Is that? Yeah, lockdown was a, definitely an extra challenge um, because it was just me and the voices, basically. So the coping strategies I employed were definitely music. I lent very happily on my faith so I would use angel cards a lot I love sort of Rebecca Campbell and Colette Baron-Reed and uh, Gabby Bernstein and Yasmin Boland and Heather Rowan Robbins there's just so many brilliant oracle decks out there and they all really helped me with sort of tuning in to how how I was rather than allowing the voices any power over me and I think it's really important not to give your power away and to remember that no nobody else be it an entity <laughs> a voice or a or yourself even can take your power away. You know, the power is always there. It can just be obstructed or you know, quietened at some point, but we can always get it back, I think. And we're never broken, you know, just bent. <laughs> <laughs> I stole that from Pink. I'm sorry. Thank you, Pink. <laughs> okay, so what have you learned about yourself and your resilience through all this experience? Wow. Well. <laughs> um, initially, I, I thought I was just clearly a very broken weak person but I think after everything that's happened and sort of the progress that I've made in terms of my astrology and the massage and getting back to work and my relationships and cultivating beautiful friendships with great people who you know who I get to talk to and do podcast interviews with and and more you know it's like um (laughs) I feel a sense of pride now that yeah I've got my strength and resilience back and that I can get through this which means I can get through anything. And yeah, life is full of hope, you know, there's a lot of joy and positivity and inspiration around the corner. And I feel like the best is yet to come. Oh, wow. That's lovely. So how do you plan to use your experiences to help others who might be going through the same or similar? Well, I don't really trust in my own ability. So I, I really would like to use the language of astrology to sort of guide and help people who are experiencing any of these issues that we all sort of go through to some level or on some spectrum in our lives, mental health, trauma, because obviously just living is a bit trauma, is a bit of trauma. It's apparently separation, judgment and attack. So anytime you experience separation, judgment or attack, that is a trauma, a little t, but it's a trauma. So we all go through it at some point. And I find that this is all a journey we're on together and it's, there's always ways to heal and move forward. So I would love to think that not many people go through abusive relationships with their therapist but I presume abuse is actually a lot more common than we think but I would love to support people with the language of astrology and with cosmic insights about sort of our cosmic blueprints and to explore sort of 
our personality types and our behaviors and our habits and our patterns of thinking and kind of how planets and things influence us on this journey and I sort of particularly love the moon and moon work um, in terms of holding moon circles and writing guides and things where women can gather and check in with themselves and how they're feeling and with each other and like support each other and see where they're at in their life's path and what areas of life are being affected like I just feel that it's actually the things that found me on this journey that I would like to share with others and I think that will help so just give me a quick rundown of your daily routine okay so I wake up (laughs) (laughs) it's a good start and I always meditate (laughs) so meditation is my first thing every day and I go sleep with crystals and I wake up holding them so mostly like I have them in my hands as you see like I'm always holding a crystal and I always have them around me in grids and whatever um and then I do the obvious things like brush my teeth and <laughs> like occasionally I'll sort my hair and makeup and occasionally I won't um, and I love to journal I'm an avid journalist so I spend the good I don't know multiple hours a day really journaling but the majority is in the morning I would say and I always do it's sort of happened accidentally I actually read Julia Cameron the artist way after I did this process because I've been doing it since I was seven years old but morning pages are actually a way to get everything you're feeling and going through just out on a page and you just write sort of at least three pages of content of just whatever's going on in your mind stream of consciousness so I find that so valid uh, so uh, useful and I don't think I could survive without it so I hope I'm always able to write <laughs> and things like that but yeah journaling and then I love to do a bit of yoga but I haven't been very good about it lately um I have found that's one of the ways mental health and things can really disrupt your process and progress and I do find physical activity quite difficult and challenging but it's one of the things I'm working on at the moment and then study lots of studies so I spend a lot of time doing all my astrology and I see clients and I see my massage clients and I do a lot of uh, continuing professional development because I'm really trying to grow and invest in myself as well as the people that I'm serving so that I can yeah deliver the best and be the best for everybody else you know so what would be your biggest bit of advice for someone maybe listening today who's struggling with maybe hearing voices or having an abusive relationship with a therapist or just an abusive relationship or I think I would always say ask for help I think when it comes to situations like this it's not where you dig deep and you go within yourself and you find the answers it's where you ask for help and we do have the answers within us but we need help sometimes to find them and to navigate our way. And when something like this happens, I don't think you can have, I don't, yeah, for me, I couldn't have done it without help. Um, so ask for help would be my number one. And what about your number two? <laughs> Is it terrible <laughs> I went to the toilet? <laughs> like, I thought, shit. Okay, exactly, I'm so sorry yeah. about that. Did you just say shampoo? <laughs> my number two um <laughs> would be <laughs> what's your second bit of advice my second bit of advice would be follow the joy I think find the people who know and love you who can sing your song back to you basically and remember who you are do the things that you love at all costs like forget everything else like, li- literally sack it off wipe it out it doesn't matter like feel free to say no learn to say no if you can't and it's a complete sentence and all of that jazz and self-care I think is vital the the practical things like self like skincare and makeup and hair sure can help but also you know the the deeper work like feeling your feelings in meditation feeling the discomfort even the mild discomfort like boredom or agitation or feeling like you need to go and do something else or that something else is more important than meditation and even just sitting through those feelings is a powerful growth edge 
Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That's wonderful, wonderful advice. And if anyone wanted to work with you in the future, how can they get hold of you or get in touch? Well, you can go ahead and find me on my website, which is crystalcarmassage.com, where you can book astrology birth chart readings or massage. I have various treatment options. And where are you based to be able to do a massage in person? I am in London. So I am mobile and at home. So I have a home salon and I can also travel to you at slightly more cost. Astrology also available, birth chart readings and uh, readings specific to specific transits. We can also do solar return charts, we can do progress charts. So there's lots of options really with astrology. And that's probably the best way to work with me. And you can find me at my Instagram handle, which is Trina Murphy 2022. And you can also find me on Facebook, which is Trina Murphy. And how are you spelling Trina Murphy? Because it's not the most easiest of spellings, okay. as I know. Irish, it's not phonetic, is it? So it's spelt Triona, which is T-R-I-O-N-A dot Murphy, M-U-R-P-H-Y. I'll put these links in the show notes and you can find them there. Okay, Trina. Well, is there anything else that you feel like you want to kind of add to this conversation? Oh, I mean, I felt like therapy. I mean, just thanks so much for holding the space, Louise. I'm sorry that <laughs> you, you had to hear all that really, but like hopefully. Don't apologize. It was beautiful. Oh. Honestly, honestly, that was absolutely beautiful. Just that I hope it can support some someone else to know that there's always a way out, however crazy or um, odd or distressing the situation can be. There's always a way through and yeah don't give up don't give up awesome but thank you so much for coming and talking on the podcast today it's been an absolute pleasure having you here thanks so much for having me babe it's always a pleasure to speak to you and please come back i'm sure there's other secrets we can find <laughs> oh i have plenty <laughs> yeah we need some funny ones yeah let's lighten it up <laughs> Thank you for listening to this episode of The Secrets in the Powder Room. If you've been affected by anything we speak about on this podcast, check out my website for resources and numbers that might be useful to you. Also, if you have a secret story you wish to share, funny or serious, then message me at secretsinthepowderroompodcast at gmail.com or connect with me on Instagram. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss an episode.